0: Hello, this is episode 267 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Raleigh. This episode is on OCD, eating disorders, role-play games and the pandemic. I have already recorded one podcast recently on going back out into the world. But I'll be honest, I'm more worried about people's mental health right now than I've ever been at any time during this. Hence, I don't normally record a podcast on a Friday at the end of a heavy week, but I'm concerned about everyone. This is proving to be a really difficult transition time. There's a sense that everyone has been cocooned but not secure. And I'd like to talk about why that is. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to do a kind of a comparison of what secure people have over cocooned people. There's a real sense of a large percentage of people having burrowed their way into a comfort zone right now. And eating disorders are becoming a theme in my inbox. And they are an ultimate form of control. They're the simplest form of control that we have. And they're usually linked to a traumatic event, which should make us realise how big a deal the pandemic has been for some people. Often the traumatic event that's linked to eating disorders is usually sexual assault. And that's what I'm more familiar with seeing the impacts of. But it can be any traumatic event that's outside your control. And the pandemic, the uncertainty, the lockdowns, all of that has been outside of our control. When you can't control the stressful event, you pick an aspect of yourself to micromanage and control, such as the intake of food. And it doesn't help that some people have binged yet their way through the pandemic as well. So there is a sense of having got into a routine as well, almost a pattern, I suppose would be a better way to put it, of having binged eight and now purging. If you do want to lose weight, you need to find a routine that works for you and that includes exercise that you enjoy and a routine that you'll stick to because you're happy. And if you find it easier to do this with other people, well then find buddies to to team up with to create that for you right now. I'm a big fan of dancing as a form of exercise as well, rather than an actual strenuous exercise. You're much better off picking a form of movement that you enjoy, and that's good fun. And try not to totally obsess about your food intake. Try not to to control it. Try to make it healthy and manageable and realistic and enjoyable. Try to have set eating times and not snack so much. And, you know, minor adjustments like that can make a big difference. I have a worry that most of the behavior at the moment is becoming obsessive and too controlling as a reaction to what's been happening for over a year now. So if you want to become healthier, make it about it being enjoyable and realistic and a natural pattern, rather than something that you obsess and control over. But another kind of odd impact that I'm noticing is the impact of role-playing games on small children, such as roadblocks. And there's a huge amount of YouTubers as well that these children tend to follow. And these scenarios or role plays often appeal to certain personalities. Like, there are always favourite toys for certain children. And some children don't really play with toys. They're collectors of toys as well. But often these role plays would have been done in the past with dolls, small characters. They can often really like those small, fluffy characters the surveillance families. I think that's what they're called various you know, dolls' houses and Lego minifigures. Traditionally, these sort of role-play games would have been played out with real characters, and the scenarios would have been quite innocent. But the difficulty with some of these role-play games is that they're a bit like virtual reality TV, in that they seem really realistic and real, But we all know that reality TV is all staged, or some of us realise that it's all staged. So there's been a huge impact of reality TV as well. With these role-playing games, they sort of foster um, an interest in reality TV. And then the YouTubers is a kind of a bridge between the two, where you have real children talking and acting out for YouTube channels, these games, which is a bit like the contrived reality TV that the grown-ups are are then watching and then they become interested in other reality TV shows that can involve like parent-daughter relationships and also be a bit um, staged, basically. So all around they've been sucked into a world that seems as if it's real. It's completely controllable, totally safe totally driven by their own actions, which obviously the real world doesn't happen in that way. It seems real. It's not real. And it's become more comfortable to create a scenario of going to the beach in a role play environment than it has to actually go to the beach, which is a bit bizarre for a child. Because most children have always loved to go to the beach or go to the zoo or do certain activities. But suddenly because we've spent so much time in lockdown, and in some cases they haven't even experienced that fully or they don't have enough current memories of having experienced reality enough, that it's safer for them to be in these environments. And it is fostering their, I suppose, predisposition in certain personalities towards control and OCD behaviours, because they are there in certain personalities. And the reasons that they don't exist Or because we're in balance, basically. And because we're in balance, then small scenarios or small events or small things that happen out in the real world don't really affect us. But all of that has been cocooned and safe and brought into an unrealistic world that's completely contained in a way that we're not used to. And so to step out of that and to go out to the real world again is very challenging. But it, we have to begin to do that because if we don't, we're going to foster this sense of control habits and eating disorders and OCD behaviours, really quite extreme detrimental behaviours. We're going to continue to nurture those almost. And there has to be a transition between going back to the real world and going back to school, because school often comes with many challenges. And those environments at the moment are being very controlled in how they're being run as well, which isn't helping. So there's an aspect that you need to to go out and enjoy the world and do enjoyable activities such as the, the zoo and the beach and camps and art groups and gallery visits and interesting, fun things out in the world that you can experience in a tangible way that's fun, rather than going between bubble and school, which comes with its own challenges. And we don't want to associate being back out in the world with only school challenges. We want to associate it with good things. There's also an aspect that all of this has revolved around escapism or... People think that this is contentment, but it's not really contentment. As one person put it to me, it's like as if, you know, there's been an extended school holiday or an extended Christmas holiday for people, where it's fine to put everything on hold for that time and to recharge your batteries. But we've put life on pause and on hold for much longer than we would in, you know, the traditional holiday sense. And suddenly everybody's waking up to the fact that they didn't accomplish anything for prolonged periods of time and that they didn't really do anything and that they totally opted out and that it was complete escapism from them for for their lives and with small children have been doing this with gaming in order to have a contact to people adults have been doing this in other ways through predominantly through social media and Netflix and TV and, and and other programs like that. They haven't really been in a stage of contentment. They've been in a stage of escapism. And there's a big reality check taking place now and it's kind of like, oh, I didn't do anything. So I think I'm quite lucky in that I did do so much work and did put so much content out and did have so many people to work with and have so many other people to connect with who were also progressing their lives. And I'm going to go on and talk about that a little bit more in a minute, about what I've had and what some of the people in my world have had to give them secureness and why this hasn't just been a sort of a bubble that we've been held in and suspended in for a period of time. I'm also noticing that small children don't want their mothers to go back to work, that they really enjoy having them at home. And so I do think that there is a big question for families now to maybe it is time for us to properly readjust the industrial role model that we've been following for so long that it doesn't really suit family life and I am noticing that a lot of families and a lot of mothers and a lot of parents are actually having really big conversations about the sort of work-life balance that they want to have and what they really want to have that takes place but part and parcel of sometimes of this controlling behavior that we do have to address is where children start to control their parents and particularly their mothers because they have um, separation anxiety taking place and so I've been encouraging people to stretch this out and to have sleepovers and stay with their grandparents and, and stretch the time and I've already spoken about that in a podcast so there is an aspect of families thinking about their family balance time a bit more. But there is also aspects that you have to start to realise that there is a certain amount of separation anxiety in the mix as well. And again, some personalities are just more prone to that as children. They will be the ones who struggled a little bit more on the first days of school. And it's quite natural. So what do the, the, the people who've been secure in my world and who haven't just treated this like a sort of a wasted blanket to the world experience. What do they have that maybe some other people who are really struggling at the moment don't have? One is a purpose. We, we all have something that we're really working towards. We have a sense of purpose in, in life. We have something that we're really passionate about. Whether that can be, if you're fortunate enough, what you work on every day, like me, And most of the people in my life, I think all of the people in my life, whether they're working, you know, in neurology or genetics or with chocolate, it it doesn't matter what it is, but they all have a deep passion for it. There's a sense of benchmarking. There's a sense of realizing that you have done so much since last month or how much you've grown since this time last year or how much more knowledge you have since you did a month ago, and the projects that you have completed. There's a sense of benchmarking. We all have a tribe. We all have a group of people that we're really connected to. We all have a support structure. Some of that's formed by the tribe, and some of it's formed by our families. But there's a sense of people in our worlds who get us and who support us. We all have a routine. We all have things that we do every day that make us feel good, and we know what those are. We all have a way to express ourselves, whether, like your passion can be, if you're fortunate like we are, that's your day job, that's your passion, but it can similarly be your hobbies and your interests, but we all have a way to express ourselves. Like mine is very much through writing. It's been through art in the past. I used playing the piano to get through school. I also did carpentry as well, which I talked about on my Instagram recently. You know, we all have a way to express ourselves, and we all have goals. We all have things that we're striving for. And this is slightly different than your purpose, because your purpose is like, you know, the big picture, whereas the goals are the gritty little dots that make up the painting. And they're incremental, they're doable, and they're achievable. And... There is a time where I would set down every month what I was going to achieve and what I was going to do. And then that could be as simple as the books I was going to read or the articles I was going to research or how many podcasts I was going to record or what articles I was going to write or how much I was going to write a week or whatever. I don't tend to do that anymore because I don't really need to. I find that I naturally flow into that. But when people are struggling or they're starting out to maybe transition and work freelance or work as consultants, or work by themselves, or work at home, or whatever the shift is that's taking place for people, it can be really good to set down monthly goals or weekly goals for yourself. And I have recorded a podcast a long time ago on bullet journaling, which can be really helpful for people doing this. But that's essentially what makes up our worlds being slightly different. We know why we're here. We have a reason for doing it. We chart how well we're doing it. We have people that we're connected to, that we're talked to, we feel supported, we have a routine for doing it, we have a way to express it to the world, and we have an incremental goal system for achieving it. That's what we have over all of these people who are wandering around feeling really lost right now. It really is that simple. But we do need to realise some of the impacts of this year, and particularly on children, and particularly on the way that they've been viewing the world through devices. And the fact that if we allow them to, it's so easy for them to stay in that bubble that they've created for themselves. But I'm really worried long-term about how detrimental it will be, because there's always been a percentage of people I've worked with who've burrowed themselves into their bedrooms and not wanted to leave. But now that number of people, I can see it quadrupling if we don't make the transition between home bubble, outside fun world and school. We can't expect to go from bubble to school. We have to do the step in between.